Hey everyone, today I will be reviewing episodes 7 through 9 of She-Hulk, Attorney at Law. Um, if you've listened to my previous reviews, then you know that I haven't necessarily been the biggest fan of the show thus far. And while that is still the case, I am very happy to report that this batch of episodes is a major improvement. There's a lot of stuff I genuinely loved in these episodes, which is something that I can't say for the previous ones. Let's start with episode 7. Uh, we start with this really cool filmmaking. I like what they did. I'm not sure what the technique is called or what the right way to articulate it is, but it's as they're panning the camera around, we're seeing Jen kind of at different stages of her morning. It was very cool. It was a cool way to breathe life into an otherwise forgettable sequence. It gave um, the scene kind of energy and made it dynamic and entertaining. I really liked that. That was a cool stylistic touch. Um, so we see Jen getting ready for the day. She's constantly texting Josh. Um, we see a montage of their dating. And I think everyone at this point knows that their relationship is too good to be true. Um, I never for a second believed that it would work out. They end up sleeping together. Jen wakes up the next morning, texts him. He doesn't respond. She's nominated for Female Lawyer of the Month. Next morning, still no text. Um, I wanted to point out Tatiana Maslany's facial expressions because she's just perfect. She's hilarious. Really, really good in this role. Jen gets a call on Sunday. It's not from Josh. It's from Emil Blonsky's parole officer. He wants her to go check on Emil because there's been a malfunction in Blonsky's inhibitor. All of this is solid so far. No problems from me. Blonsky seems innocent. Jen's about to leave when her car is destroyed. Manbull and El Aguila are fighting and they break her car. And this is where the episode started to go a little bit downhill for me, especially in the comedy department. Um, it's been a common theme throughout my reviews of this show, and I do really feel like a broken record. But on the page, this idea is hilarious. It just doesn't really work in execution. Um, it just falls flat for me. I like the idea of them adapting these super weird, obscure comic book characters. And this is the perfect project, the perfect show to do it in. But they just aren't nearly as funny as they should be. Um, and it's disappointing because I want it to be better than it is. Jen wanders around the retreat in search of Wi-Fi. This was a solid sequence, well shot, good looking. She stumbles upon Blonsky's group therapy session and reluctantly joins. Um, Blonsky kind of helps everybody talk through their problems. Um, this was another sequence that just wasn't as funny as it should have been. I can't help but imagine how hilarious this could be if someone like James Gunn or even Taika Waititi wrote it. I feel like they could do so much more with these ridiculous characters. This show is full of so many good comedic ideas that just feel like wasted potential when they're not as funny as they should be. I feel like the writing on this show is just not as smart or not as clever as it should be. One of the people in the therapy group is a member of the Wrecking Crew. Jen recognizes him, throws him, he apologizes, he claims he's changed. Um, none of this was really working for me until we get Jen's monologue, which is just a good two to three minutes of her talking. Tatiana Maslany nailed it. This was fantastic. By far the best part of the episode. Um, her acting here is really good. She totally sells the emotion of the scene, especially when she starts tearing up. Um... This continues what is the show's greatest strength, which is Jen and her development, the character work. Um, she talks about Josh. She feels like being She-Hulk is cheating. Her insecurities, not knowing if people like her just because of She-Hulk or if they actually like Jen and all this stuff. And the group helps Jen learn to truly value herself and stop using She-Hulk as a protective shield. She shrinks back down to normal size. And it's just a really heartfelt, sweet moment that really works um, within an episode that doesn't fully work for me, this moment really does. Um, and then Porcupine takes off his costume. He smells really bad in a joke that fell completely flat. Jen deletes Josh's number, gets over him, spends some time in the yurt, 
thanks the group for everything, and then finally heads home. Um, this was a really satisfying ending for her. I like that. Um, we get the reveal that three days earlier, Josh actually copied the contents of Jen's phone, stole some of her blood, and sent it to Hulk King. Um, I like this ending a lot. I like how Jen's story was handled, and the twist was, it was predictable, but I still enjoyed it. Um, and this episode, it's solid. It's definitely my least favorite of the three, but I like it. I like what it does for Jen's character, even if I will say a lot of the comedy, a majority of the comedy really does take it down a few notches. Moving on to episode eight, which is a great episode. Um, Leapfrog attempts to steal a TV. His jet boots malfunction. He's trying to sue uh, Luke Jacobson, who is the designer of his suit. Again, the humor here just fell flat for me. I like the costume design of Leapfrog's suit, so that's a positive, I guess. Um, but I will say also, I did like the way that Brandon Stanley played this character. He's just your typical spoiled brat, and you can totally see that, and I enjoyed that performance. Uh, Jen doesn't want to sue Luke, but Holloway forces her to. She goes to Luke Jacobson to try to reach an agreement. That doesn't go well. Luke refuses to make her another suit. They get in a fight. We get the courtroom scene. Matt Murdock shows up and completely legally outmaneuvers Jen. It's really cool seeing his full legal prowess on display. Um, it goes without saying that Charlie Cox is great in this role. Um, he wins the case. He points out that Leapfrog used the wrong kind of fuel in his suit. All of this was great. Really compelling stuff. I was enjoying it a lot. And then we go to after the case. And I feel like the episode gets even better because Matt buys Jen a drink at the bar. They hit it off. And you just instantly feel the sparks flying here. The chemistry between these two, um, just completely off the charts. It's fantastic. Matt offers Jen advice. He tells her that she can do good within the system as Jen. And then when that fails, she can do good outside of the system as She-Hulk, which is just a really great line. Um, and as a whole, the writing of this episode just felt so much stronger than everything else. Um, Matt's characterization is also something we got to talk about because it was perfect. They totally nailed that balance between humor and seriousness. He wasn't too silly, but he also wasn't too serious and he fit right within the tone of the show. Huge props to the writers for how well they handled this character. It was very impressive and I was very happy with it, especially when you compare it to something like the introduction of Kingpin and Hawkeye, which I thought was just a whole lot less successful and did not work very well. Moving on, Jen meets with Todd. He tells her about his Wakandan Spears, which was actually pretty funny. He attempts to hit on her. She's not having it. She leaves. She goes home. She gets a call from Leapfrog. Finally makes the decision to be a superhero. Goes to help him. Meets Daredevil. A couple things here. First of all, I love the costume design. Jen's is great. I like Matt's too. Secondly, the score throughout the whole show has been great. But Daredevil's new theme really stood out. It's fantastic. And then thirdly, um, just this entire sequence, the fight, their dynamic, the banter, the choreography. It's its awesome. I love how acrobatic Daredevil is. I love how Jen makes fun of him for dressing like a devil. She makes fun of his color scheme. She questions him about being blind. She makes fun of him. She says, oh, it's problematic if you're pretending to be blind. All of that was just really memorable, really great. Um, just a ton of fun. She unmasks him. She discovers who he is. They decide to work together to save Luke, who was kidnapped by Leapfrog. All of this is really enjoyable. We get this moment on the rooftop where Matt can hear Jen's heartbeat. And I think everybody remembers this scene for how ridiculously good their chemistry is. The tension between them is just palpable. It's just a fantastic moment. I love the way this entire sequence is shot. 
this whole episode is shot really well. Lots of beautiful lighting. It's a very good looking episode. Uh, Matt gets another hallway fight scene, which was awesome. Great choreography. Jen interrupts it at the end, which was a lot of fun. They bust in together to save Luke. And this is just pure, unadulterated, classic superhero team-up comic book goodness. It's just so much fun. The legal banter, the quips. I just had a smile on my face the entire time. I absolutely loved all of this. Matt and Jen save Luke. They have a great conversation afterwards on the rooftop. They decide to sleep together. Uh, Jen can't find the zipper on Matt's suit, which was pretty funny. And then, of course, we get the classic walk of shame, which is definitely a top three funniest moments of the show so far. Um, Just fantastic, hilarious, fun. This is the show firing on all cylinders, and I absolutely loved it. Next morning, it's time for the gala. Uh, Jen comments about how weird it is to have this tacked on set piece after the natural conclusion of the episode. She mentions how this must be the episode before the finale, and she theorizes about what the twist could be coming up. I really like how the show is self-aware. I like how it calls itself out. It's a lot of fun. Uh, Jen gets ready with Nikki. They go to the gala. The nominees are all asked questions about what it's like to be a female lawyer of the year. Uh, Mallory Book calls out the misogyny of it. Jen is interrupted on her turn by Intelligentsia. They reveal very personal photos and videos and call her very derogatory things that I will not repeat. And this is a fantastic scene also because you totally can feel Jen's rage. You totally sympathize with her and you totally um, understand why she hulks out. You feel just as angry as she does at Intelligentsia just for completely violating her. And uh, she punches the screen. The whole place is evacuated. We get that fantastic close-up shot of half of her face. I really enjoyed that. And she ends up surrounded by damage control. Um, We end with her looking at the camera and we see in her face that she realizes maybe Bruce was right to warn her. Uh, Maybe he was right about controlling her rage. She realizes she's made a mistake. And this was a fantastic ending. I loved all this. This episode is now my second favorite in the entire show. So if this is my second favorite and episode one is my third favorite, you might ask, what's my first favorite? Well, My absolute favorite episode of She-Hulk is the finale, which we're going to dive into right now. We open with this absolutely perfect recreation of the classic Lou Ferrigno Hulk show. The campiness, the costumes, the bodybuilder She-Hulk, the aspect ratio, the color grading, the film grain. All of it was just perfect. I love this. Uh, Just ate this up. I want more of this, honestly. Jen wakes up in a cell. Um, She can leave as long as she wears an inhibitor like Blonsky. She's fired from her job. She moves in with her parents, tries to avoid the paparazzi, um, and she and Nikki attempt to find out who's behind Intelligentsia. Jen's mom shows Nikki an embarrassing college video of her dancing. Uh, We got, like, Dennis Bukowski coming back from an early episode to attack her on the news. She goes to her room. A narrator kicks in, but she quickly shuts that down. That was pretty funny. She tries to text Blonsky. She tries to text Bruce, but neither of them go through. And she decides just to meet Emil and go to his retreat because he says she can come anytime. Um, Nikki posts the embarrassing video on Intelligentsia and really quickly gets invited to an event. Jen is welcomed to the retreat by the uh, the Wrecking Crew guy. And then Nikki recruits Pug to infiltrate the incel hangout, the meeting, Intelligentsia meeting. And uh, just seeing Pug attempt and struggle to be misogynistic was pretty entertaining. Uh, He loses contact with Nikki and has to go solo. 
Jen starts asking around. She's looking for Blonsky. And to nobody's surprise, we get the reveal that Todd is Hulk King, which makes a lot of sense. I think a lot of people predicted it. Um, and then it's time for the special speaker. And Abomination walks in. He's the speaker. And here's where I start really loving this episode. Nikki and Pug walk in. Todd injects himself with Jen's blood and turns into this ridiculous looking Hulk. And I just wish I could go back to when I watched this for the first time. I think my head was literally exploding. I know some people predicted it. This show completely got me. I was trying to process what I was watching, but the show just doesn't let you catch a breath. Suddenly, Titania smashes through the wall out of nowhere. She has nothing to do with this, but she just joins for some reason. And then Hulk crashes in from the ceiling, back from space, I guess. And then he starts fighting Abomination. And then it just becomes absolutely pure chaos as everybody's running around and titania i think is just throwing random people around and it's just pure insanity and it's so funny and i wish i could go back to the first time watching this um i think my brain was literally melting i was completely fooled i thought the show went off the rails i was just like jen i was like what is happening here what's going on and the fact that it keeps going this sequence keeps escalating and escalating and it gets crazier and crazier so fast in like a span of 100 seconds it's insane and i i love it so much i've gone back i've rewatched this scene so many times it might be one of my favorite sequences in all of marvel just because of how absolutely ridiculous and nonsensical it is. Obviously, that's intentional. It's just so funny to see all these characters who have nothing to do with each other coming in and throwing people around. And it's just, it's impossible to watch the sequence without laughing. It's amazing. And I love how throughout all of this chaos, Jen becomes the audience surrogate. She's feeling the exact same way that the audience is feeling. She's freaking out. She's talking to the camera. She's like, none of this makes sense. What is happening? What's going on? Are you liking this? Do you understand this? And then we get the big twist. And I can't even describe how much I absolutely love that Marvel did this. It's such a huge creative swing. I understand people's problems with it. I understand the criticism that maybe it feels like a little bit of a cop-out because it literally just rewrites and deletes all the plot lines it's been building up. I understand that. Those are all genuine criticisms. I simply don't care. They don't bother me. I absolutely love where they took this finale. I don't care that the blood plotline was dropped. It's just not a problem for me. So the screen suddenly turns into the Disney Plus Marvel page. Jen jumps out of She-Hulk and into Marvel Assembled. She walks around the actual Disney lot. She makes her way to the writer's room of the show. Jessica Gao, the actual showrunner, is in there. And then Jen asks the writers to fix her story. They tell her they can't. She decides to go see Kevin. And we see how all the writers kind of worship Kevin in a cult-like way. And it's just, it's hilarious. Of course, making fun of the way that everybody talks about him in real life. Jen then heads to Marvel headquarters. She meets the real receptionist there, I heard. She signs a very long NDA. She fights her way down the hall in a scene that reminded me of Iron Man 2, of the Black Widow fight scene. All of this was great. Great music here. Um, I believed we were actually going to see Kevin Feige. I thought it was just going to be him. But we get the big reveal that it's not Kevin Feige as we know him. It's Kevin the AI. And I absolutely love this. I love the acknowledgement of the criticism that Marvel movies are formulaic. I love the acknowledgement of the criticism that they're written by an AI. I love the reference to Feige's baseball cap and the design of the robot. I love how Kevin claims he makes near-perfect products but he admits that some are better than others, but he leaves that up to the internet to debate. That was hilarious. He tells Jen to transform back to normal because she's very expensive. 
but she has to do it off screen to save money. The VFX team is busy with the next project. And then the Black Panther theme plays. All of this just perfect. I was cracking up. Hilarious, clever, smart. I wish the rest of the show was this smart. I really loved it. Um, Jen gives her argument. She finally regains control of her own narrative, regains control of her own story. And I like this a lot thematically because the entire show has been about how she lost control of her life. And this is finally the moment where she takes that control back. She rewrites her story. She deletes all the superhero plot lines. Kevin protests because apparently he was going to introduce someone, but she says, save it for the movie. Is that possibly a soft announcement of some sort of a Hulk movie or something? I would be lying if I said the thought didn't cross my mind. Then uh, Jen requests Daredevil back, which is funny. She makes fun of superhero daddy issues. She asks Kevin about the X-Men, which was hilarious. Um, I loved all of this. I love how the show is so in touch with the fans. It has proven time and time again that it'll perfectly predict everything the fans want, what they're about to say. It's amazing. Jen mentions how Hulk smashed things. She smashes fourth walls. She smashes bad endings and Matt Murdock which was just a hilarious line. Tatiana Maslany killed it um, as Jen is finally leaving. Kevin tells her that he'll see her on the big screen and she goes, really? And he says, no, which was pretty funny. And she returns to the normal world. Um, Abomination and Todd are arrested. Daredevil drops out of literally nowhere. We get the Fast and Furious family dinner ending. Everyone eats together, jokes around. Jen's parents grill Matt. Hulk comes back with Scar. Um, I really loved all of this. I love this ending. Um, the one thing I will say is that Hulk coming with Scar, I could have gone without that. I didn't need that. That did feel like a shoehorned MCU reveal. It felt very much like the thing they were making fun of. Um, and also just Scar's design was not good. I've seen people making fun of his hair and uh, and it's true. I don't know what they were thinking with that hairline. It's a pretty weird design. I didn't love that one part of it, but everything else I really liked. Jen's arc comes full circle when she's interviewed. She says she's coming for bad guys in court and outside of it. The news reporter, of course, has to make the sexist comment and ask for who she's wearing. Uh, all of that was pretty good, pretty funny. The post credit scene, Wong breaks abomination out of prison. He says that this is an era of peak TV, which is funny, but also true. And that wraps up season one of She-Hulk. And as you can tell, I absolutely love this episode. It's pretty awesome to get on here and rave about a She-Hulk episode because I haven't been able to do that so far. Unlike some other Marvel shows, I think they really stuck the landing and I love the finale. And moving on before I end this review, I wanted to give my my overall thoughts on the successes and failures of She-Hulk as a whole. And let's start with what I think is the main the main failing of the show as a whole, which is the comedy. This show just wasn't nearly as funny as it should have been. Um, the last two episodes were a major improvement, but the rest of the show especially was not that great. This would easily be one of my favorite Marvel projects ever if it was funnier. If every episode was as funny as the finale, we would be having a very different conversation right now. There are Marvel movies and Marvel shows that are not comedies that are funnier than this one, and this one's supposed to be a comedy. Um, the humor in this show just really fell flat for me, aside from the moments I mentioned. There were so many jokes that came off as cringy and painful to watch instead of funny, and it's really disappointing because the ideas are so good on the page. It's not that the jokes are badly conceived. The premises for the jokes are really clever. The potential is there. The writing and execution just didn't capitalize on the potential, and I can't help but imagine how much funnier this show would be with better writing. 
even if everything was kept the same, if the story beats were kept the same, if the premises for jokes were kept the same, if the situations were kept the same, and only the dialogue was changed, it would be so much funnier. And for that reason, I think that's the biggest failing of She-Hulk. But with that said, let's now move on to its biggest successes, because it does have a few. And first of all, has to be Tatiana Maslany as Jennifer Walters. The establishment of this character and her in this role totally, totally nailed it. That is something that the Marvel shows have done very well recently, establishing new characters. Even if the shows around them weren't the most successful, um, they are very good at establishing a really compelling, good character. And they did it again. They totally nailed the casting. They nailed the characterization. She's funny. She's charismatic. She's compelling to watch. She has the right amount of real pathos and emotion. Her development was also really well handled. I was happy with that. She had a great arc. They did a fantastic job really making you care about her and her journey. I'm invested in this character. I want to see more of her. I'm looking forward to seeing where She-Hulk appears next. I want a She-Hulk season two, maybe with some different writers, but I still want it. And, uh, And I think that is a major success with the show. Secondly, I think this show did a great job with its place in the larger MCU. It did a good job adding context to the MCU. All the references, all the exploration of what is it really like to live in the MCU at this time when there's so many superheroes seemingly everywhere. And then seeing things like damage control, those little connections were very cool. Also, I think the show just perfectly handled the incorporation of already established characters wong bruce matt all of them completely fit into the comedic tone of the show without becoming parodies of themselves um and i just really love that third is the meta fourth wall breaking stuff it's a very tough thing to get right it's a fine line and they absolutely executed it in a way i loved in a way that makes sense in a way that was funny in a way that was endlessly delightful I love the commentary on superhero stories, the commentary on Marvel. All of that was great. And speaking of commentary, the fourth and final major success of this show is the villain, which might come off as weird to some people. Like, what villain are you talking about? What I'm talking about is how the show handled sexism and particularly sexism from that specific faction of toxic online trolls that exist in our world that if you're present in online fandom circles, you know exactly who I'm talking about. Um, this show completely and utterly skewered them, roasted them, destroyed them, predicted everything they would say, and ruthlessly, mercilessly um, just made fun of them for the pathetic crybabies they are. That sounds cruel, but if you know who I'm talking about, you know they deserve it. And I just absolutely love the way They were the villain, but they were also extremely pathetic and the show just completely destroyed them. So those are the main successes of She-Hulk. And those are pretty much all my thoughts on the show. What did you think of the show? Did you like it as much as me? Did you like it less than me? What did you like? What did you not like? Let me know in the email, the voicemail, the form, or the comments. And all those links are in the description. Thank you so much for listening and have a good day.